Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and the world's strongest man, a world champion in not one, not two, but three different sports and WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry and I recap one hell of a main event between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole from NXT TakeOver night number two. Also, Mark Henry's going to give his predictions for night number one and night number two of WrestleMania 37, and we get to speak to new inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame, friend of the show, Eric Bischoff, right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Mark, up and down and all around, an epic Whoa. night. For NXT. Epic night is understating what we saw. Um, they said two main events. That's a way of saying, okay, that's the consolation prize for not being the last match. But you've actually could have said that there was two main events. Actually, three main events. Uh, actually four main events and just keep every match was really, really good. I mean, how else can you say that that was probably the best overall balance show that I've seen in a while. Um, you had near misses, false finishes, ref bumps, Things that 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 will go down as well. Hell, let's just jump to it, Dave. Go ahead. I asked you a question in the break. I did my bully Ray impression, Dave. <laughs> do you know why? And then you'll ask and go, "No, bully, why?" <laughs> well, I'm gonna tell you, Dave, without asking a question. The chain was the star of the show. Wow. And I say that because I tell you, Tom Hanks is, is my favorite actor. Denzel Washington, real close second. Real close. They could play any character. Anything. But the, the, the number one thing that made Tom, Tom Hanks what Tom Hanks was to me was Castaway. When he took Wilson, a damn volleyball, and made me cry over it. He made me cry. Over a fucking volleyball. Wilson! Like it was a a family member. Dave, I cried. I know people gonna judge me. I don't care if you judge me. I've been judged before. I get judged every day. I cried, yes, I cried when Wilson floated off. But last night, no tears. Only excitement and exuberation, if that's a word. They used that chain. They hooked that chain in the first two minutes of the match, Dave. They used it all throughout the match. And they used it in the finish. The chain was a star. And how they used it was creative. It was new. It wasn't your typical strap match. It wasn't your typical... um, kendo stick 
ladder match. It was different. It was completely different. And I was excited the whole time watching it. Never, never lost me. Not one time. And, and I don't care if people said, oh, it was too long. And yet, yeah, well, you know what? I'd rather have too long and good than short and <laughs> I'm sure your wives say that to you, too. Well, the too long part <laughs> may or may not be coming out of. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> um, but, Mark, but Mark, one hell of a story told in that main event last night. You're 100% right. It was. Um, Man, it was so and, good. And you're right. A lot of people complaining about the length of the match. And listen, 40 minutes. I mean, you know, I grew up, and Mark, you grew up on matches that went 60-minute time limits. And, you know, when you talk about, you know, some of the most epic Matches of all time. People bring up the Iron Man match between the one hour Iron Man match between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart that went a, a one hour plus. To me, if you're invested and you're into it, the length doesn't really matter because you're invested. Nobody complains about how long the Godfather or Godfather 2 was. Why? No. Because you were completely invested in the story. And the Endgame. story that they, t- yep. Okada, Kenny Omega. Exactly. Great example. Like when they're telling a great story and, and Mark, you said something interesting before we went on the air, not only the story that, that they told in the ring, but the story going into that match, the package that they showed before that match. Oh my God. I mean, how could you not be fully invested in that main event from last night? Listen, man, I I don't know if I've ever seen one outside of Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels. Uh, the the kind of the the backdrop of a kid childhood idol that he's having a match with him and is going is going to end that you know you lose you go home and you're done you retire him like the up until the whole I'm sorry and him dropping Ric Flair like that storyline and and how they built that match and showed you. Uh, inside piece to that, I, I was blown away. Last night, the five minutes before the match started, watching that package was like watching the Super Bowl package. You tell me that I, I'm I'm I might have been on the sauce and didn't realize it because I was really giddy about how I was like Jacob, look at this, look. I, I couldn't believe it. It was unbelievable, Dave. It really was. And this story between Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole is something that's played out not just on NXT, but before that with Ring of Honor. And yep. they they did a wonderful job with Ring of Honor and you know the main event at Final Battle at the Hammerstein Ballroom. But to be able to play it on the WWE stage – To be able to do it with that production staff behind them, to be able to put together that piece that you're talking about, to be able to do it in the main event slot, night number two of an NXT takeover, uh, I'm I'm really happy for Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, especially Mark Kyle O'Reilly. Now... Adam Cole's a made man. Like Adam Cole, um, you know, our very own Gabby did the WWE Ultimate NXT card. If I was putting together an NXT card, the Ultimate NXT card, Adam Cole would be in the main event. Why? Because I think Adam Cole is the greatest NXT champion of all time. And to me, kind of the face of the franchise, so to speak. For Kyle O'Reilly to beat a made guy like Adam Cole... That makes Kyle O'Reilly now a made guy within the world of NXT. Exactly. So, an epic battle, and I'm looking forward to what the next step is going to be for both Adam and now Kyle O'Reilly. I, I think that this also elevated Kyle O'Reilly to the point to where he sees himself differently. He sees himself as a major league player because you can look at Kyle O'Reilly. I want This is homework for the nation. Go and look up any match that Kyle O'Reilly had before this match. Watch how Kyle O'Reilly comes to the ring. And then you go back, and last night, you look at how Kyle O'Reilly came to the ring. He came to the ring, shake bobbing his head, shaking, hitting himself, circling the ring, 
He did stuff that I've never seen him do. He sees himself as a major player going into that match. He knew that he was going to come out different. It's true. It's true. I'm not making it up. No, you're not. And I I think you're 100% right. He now has that confidence. He knows that now he's going to be able to go even further than he ever thought. Because there were times... Listen, we've said it here on this show. When it came to the Undisputed Era, the clear leader and star of the Undisputed Era was Adam Cole. And Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly were just players along with Adam Cole. That's no longer the case. Triple H knew what he was doing in breaking up the Undisputed Era because he knew he had other stars within that faction that could really shine. And now one of those stars... Kyle O'Reilly is going to be able to shine. And, and he lost people. He lost Keith Lee. Yep. He lost Matt Riddle. He, he lost um, uh, Damian Priest. He needed three other major role players to come in and do their own things, and he got that. I think they got lucky with, with uh, Leon Ruff. I didn't think that they expected him to be as colorful and as athletic and as well-versed as I've seen him in the ring. I think that uh, Swerve Scott is still underutilized, even with the great performance he had uh, yesterday, or day before yesterday, uh, with Thick Boy, Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed is turning the corner and becoming one of the top five guys at NXT. And I see him being a top 10 or top 15 guy in WWE that by the end of this year. He has the potential. He just has to be told there's no limit. You can do whatever you want. When, when you tell Bronson Reed that, hey, man, we're giving you the green light to do whatever the hell you want. Go out there and kill it. If the guy don't comply, just whoop his ass. I'd, have, I'd rather have a better three minutes and a good ass whooping than to have you do 15 minutes of shit. Like, when Bronson Reed gets that speech from the office, (laughs) bro, it's going to be light years. That changed me. It changed me. There there comes a time when people, when when the office comes to you and say, hey, man, you've been doing pretty damn good. Like, what took you so long? You should do more. I mean, we're not going to fire you if you go out there and shine. And I'm not talking about putting a bunch of baby oil on. I mean, go out there and make everybody go, holy shit, Mark Henry's good. But Mark, it and needs, Bronson you, Reed you, is touching that. He's touching that And you that need space. the opportunity. You need the opportunity, like you said, Mark, because, and I like where you're, where you're going, because obviously we're talking, we're going to talk a lot about Kyle O'Reilly this morning after the match he had with Adam Cole. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. 
With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. When I saw Kyle O'Reilly's back... And the and the cuts and the bruises and the like and the welts, man, that is more brutal than probably anything I've seen in pro wrestling in recent memory. You know what? And, and the same thing with Adam Cole when he came out of that hole, like he had a cut on his arm. Yeah, and and I mean, I, I think it was kind of fast, and they they might have told him, you know, hey, wipe that blood away, you know, like on peacock is is different you know you you they don't want as much blood and guts and if any so it's wrestling you're gonna see welts you're gonna see little bitty tiny lacerations as long as they're not pouring like they're not faucets um then i think that on peacock they might blur that kind of stuff you know so you don't want to get into the point to where stuff is um is blurred, but that's going to be negative for the wrestling fan because we're used to and we want to see people have a, a knockdown drag out that results in some blood every now and then. That's what you just said as a fan. Yeah. And, you know, I'm the same way. I mean, I'm not saying that we got to see a crimson mask, but you want to you want to have some reality to what happens in pro wrestling. And, yeah. you know, unfortunately, there's injury and there's there's uh, bleeding. But when I saw, like you said, Cole's back and 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 Kyle O'Reilly's back, that's about as real as real can get. Like, they, they're hurting this morning, I'm sure, both. Oh, my Cole God, yes. I mean, there was one that, the one over-the-top over the spot where Kyle O'Reilly pulled the ropes down and Adam Cole went to the floor. The first thing hit the floor was his back. He didn't hit the apron and to slow him down some. I mean, I know hitting that floor hurt like hell. I, I'm, I'm still selling stuff from five years ago. So I know last night he's feeling like an old man, barely able to move this morning. Uh, Dave, I got a question for you. Sure. I'm going to do the bully ray again. You have all these wonderful action figures around your you know, your perspective place. Why do you have me laying down? Everybody else is standing and I was He got tired. Down. He got tired. Come on, man. I, I mean, first of all, you know, I don't know what you want me to say. How about this little bad boy I got? Oh, you got the old nation one. Yep. I got my uh, live yeah. wire. Wow. Yeah, he's standing up. All right, Dave. You're all, all right. right. I got my collection of Mark Henry action figures. Yeah. Don't worry about that, Mark. You're all right, Dave. I don't you care like that? They, they Redemption. A <laughs> <laughs> man has stepped up. I love it. I love nah, it. Nah, man, man. My uh, if you and if you want to see the videos, go to uh, the SiriusXM app and watch the videos of all the interviews and footage we have. Like my room, this room where I do the show from, has become like a. A museum of pro wrestling. So uh Yeah, it's pretty interesting. You got some you got some good stuff, man. And there's stories behind everything I have. So I, that makes it even better. You got and a picture of Cody in there. That's a fathead of Cody. Our good friend Scott from Long Island made that for me when he banned me. So like even though Cody continuously bans me from AEW, I have no problem having the head of Cody in my studio. You know, speaking of Scott, um, mm-hmm. 
Are we gonna are we gonna do something with Scott soon? I mean, we got to get Scott from Long Island on the air. He's a loyal nation member. He's the man behind making uh, the fat heads. You know, yeah. him and Rodney Garza are kind of like the innovators of the. Look Throw it up, head. Ed. Throw so, look what look what Ed has been on. Ed has been on the show for two weeks. Yeah, a cup of coffee. Cup, cup of coffee. coffee. And evil head. Ed. He's. I mean, yeah. he's. His Ed is the only has the only fat head that has verbiage on it. Yeah, Two weeks. Ask me about honored. Dave. Ask me. Hey, Mark, where's your fat head? Hey, Mark, where's your fat head? I don't have one, Dave. How is that possible? I've been on the show for three years. Yep. It's been here for less than three weeks. <laughs> and I don't have a Hydra. I don't have a Mark Henry fat head. And I definitely don't have one with verbiage on it like Ed's. Don't like, blame wow. me. I'm Maybe not blaming you. you. Wrong Nobody, did I did I, did I poke you in the eye at least no, one time, I just Ed? Feel like I'm getting buried here, but I guess not. Okay, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm Scott. Oh, don't blame Come Scott. On, Scott's man. awesome. Scott's like the, the he is greatest awesome. guy in the face of the To earth. you, you got a fat head of you. You got a fat head of your wife. You got a fat head of Cody. You got a Hydra. What is that? What do I have? What do I have? Gentlemen, I think the oh, best thing. Hall of Fame pl- a Hall of Fame plaque? Awards from being the world's strongest man? Not from Scott. Not from Scott. <laughs> let's, I didn't get let's one just, from him. Let's, let's blame creative and move on. <laughs> I mean, that's always that's always the way to go. Plus, also, too. I just Ed, almost drowned. Oh my Ed, God. Robinson's, Ed Robinson's fat head <laughs> is, is creepy. Like, it's really... It no, is. It's, 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 it's a little it's Spartan. Pretty, it's it's a little scary. Spartan from, uh, from Bugs Bunny. Uh, not Marvin Bugs the Martian. Marvin the Martian. Marvin, the go. Kaboom. It's the Kaboom guy. Kaboom. 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 So, you could see those fat heads that Evil Ed and Mark and I are talking about. If you are part of our virtual party on Sunday That's from right. 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., uh, daddy sodas a plenty. I am going to start drinking my dad, daddy sodas early, so I have no idea what shape I'm going to be in by 1 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday. I do. <laughs> are you okay, there's Mark? <laughs> there's a name okay, there for it. Yeah, what's that? It's called shit face. <laughs> That's what it's called, and I don't want you to do it. Oh, because I enjoy it. these wonderful conversations that we have. Yeah, but it's a party, and though. <laughs> it's a party. It's not. It's like, listen, we're going to talk about WrestleMania, but it's not like we're going to break down WrestleMania like we do here. Like, and you know what happens when we, when you and I get together for a party? Like, stuff can get out of control. And again, if you want to be a part of it, go to SiriusXM.com slash WrestleMania to be a part of our virtual <laughs> party. It's free. We don't charge all these other parties. They charge. Gabby they cover me. charge. Gabby just popped me. She said it's going to be on a pirate ship. Ah, it's ship face, guys. Ship face. I'm sorry. I, I just I read it wrong. <laughs> I read, it's going to be like those. It it's going to be like those old school <laughs> cartoons. I'm going to be so shit faced. It's going to have like the X's over my eyes. Yes, and yes. like the birds. Around my head. That's gonna. That's gonna be me on Sunday. That's gonna happen after time. you fall down during the and break. Then he'll have a peg leg, and he'll really fit in on the pirate ship. I've asked ye mateys, where's me rum? Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style, and you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Big matches for night one and night two. Saturday and Sunday exclusively on Peacock. You're going to see WrestleMania 37 in front of 25,000 fans each night in Tampa. So let's do it, man. We got a few minutes here. We're going to talk more about this on. There is another show. I mean, Mark's going to be on with Ryan McKinnell on Saturday. And we have our virtual party on Sunday where we're going to do this as well. But, you know, we, we talked about some of these matches, but. Let me throw this out for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship titles. The New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods going up against AJ Styles and Omos. Oh, I'm so excited to see him work. I I, want to see his gear. I'm so curious. Like, what what is he going to dress? Like, how's he going to look? And what what is his offensive strategy? I know he's a giant guy. So I, I kind of can see where he's going to be going, but the guys that he's facing are fast. Mm-hmm. They're very experienced, and if I had to pick, well, I you have, have to because I, you know, I kind of asked you. Uh, you asked me. <laughs> uh, you see me beating around the bush uh, a little bit. Shit. Uh, a little bit. I'm gonna go with experience, Dave. Okay, I'm gonna go with the new day. All right. Um, a singles match that definitely needs to garner our attention. Uh, Cesaro and Seth Rollins. Ooh. Um, Seth Rollins, talented. But I think that Cesaro is his time to shine. I'm okay. Cesaro. All right. And I think that 25,000 fan base that's going to be in Tampa is definitely going to be behind Cesaro uh, night number one. Um, Bad Bunny and Damian Priest against The Miz and John Morrison. We talked to The Miz yesterday here on Busted Open. What do you think? Well, when he said that uh, Bad Bunny accepted his Grammy and then the next day he went and got in the ring to work, uh, I would have to go with Bad Bunny. Ooh, so Bad Bunny and Damian Priest over The Miz and John Morrison. Um, All right, Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. For the SmackDown Bianca Women's Belair. Championship. Oh, I didn't even break it down. Um, Bianca Belair. <laughs> okay, Bianca Belair, your new SmackDown Women's Champion. Bobby Lashley against Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Grown-ass man, Drew McIntyre. I think that it's gonna, it would be better if Drew McIntyre wins. And in SummerSlam, Bobby is chasing and gotten back with the Hurt Business and said, hey, let's, let's, let's get the band back together. We lost focus. I lost focus. I need you guys. I need the business to get back together. Oh, I, I would like that. All right, let's go to night number two. Uh, Riddle and Sheamus for the United States Championship. Oh, man. Another beating. Uh, this I, I think about the the match Riddle had with Champa. I mean, with um, um, Walter. No, uh, the the first pin match. Uh, Thatcher. Okay, I get Thatcher. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, in the, in the, uh, in the fight I, pit. In the fight pit. The fight pit. I think yep. that Sheamus and Riddle. Is going to be part two of the fight pit style match. I mean, both of these guys, they beat the hell out of everybody that they fight. They, they, uh, picking one, uh, damn. I have to say Riddle. Okay. So Riddle will retain. Uh, Biggie Apollo Cruz for the Intercontinental title. Ooh. 
Nigerian drum match. Uh, because Big E has never been in one, and apparently Apollo has, I would have to say Apollo. Even though I, y'all, you were, you and Bully were wrong when you said, and, and Ed too, when you said that there was no description of what that match was, and they did give a description. Apollo said that it was a match in which, or a fight in which, the sounds of the beatings on the body was like the sounds of beating on a drum. So I think that it's more like an I quit type of match. The beating is going to be perforate through the body to the point to where the man has to quit. All right. That's just, that's just my opinion. Okay, uh, Oscar Rhea Ripley. Into. Okay, Oscar Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship. Oscar. Everybody keeps saying, "Oh, Rhea Ripley is her time to shine." She stepped up on the grandest stage of them all against a beast, against a monster, against one of the best women wrestlers in history. Uh, on the grandest stage of them all, I'm picking Oscar. All right, and your main event, your triple threat, Roman, Edge, and Daniel Bryan. Oh, this is the hardest one, Dave. Yeah, I know. After listening to sparring with Labar, uh, him saying, Edge, I have to go against what he says because he's never right. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think that for some reason – We'll finally get Jimmy and Jay Uso together and that Roman Reigns um, will, re- will, will be the champion. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories, but your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. I'm back, and I'm better than ever, got a net for making things better. Uh, back here on Busted Open, Dave LaGreca, Mark Henry, and so pleased to have in new inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame, friend of the show, Mr. Eric Bischoff. Eric, good morning to you, and thanks so much for the time today. Hey, thank you so much for the invitation. It's always a blast to be with you guys. And I have to say, I joined a little early. I got a, a chance to listen to some absolutely fantastic theme music. But the best part of it all was watching Mark Henry. I think Mark's alter ego really wishes that it was oh on a pole somewhere making it rain. I don't know, Mark. You got, you got it. Yeah, yeah, Mark and, and, and Eric, and I apologize because even though Mark and I are about to turn 50, uh, we act like two 13-year-olds in the locker room at school. Like, it's it's unbelievable how we've not matured. We have not matured at all since 1986. It's, it's kind of scary. It. No, <laughs> and it's a great thing, by the way. Don't ever feel bad about that. <laughs> You know, Eric, I have a question for you because I'm sure every time uh, you join a radio or any kind of media outlet, they play that theme song for you. But if you were to pick a theme song for yourself, Ooh. like a song that kind of like kind of signifies your um, journey in the world of pro wrestling, what would that song be? 
Oh, God, there was a theme song that I used that came from the uh, soundtrack off of Desperado. I think it was called White Train. It just had some really badass energy to it. And it was kind of a take no prisoners type of song. So I, I think if there's a song out there that matches my personality more than anything, or at least I wished it did, uh, that would probably be it. When you look at, and first of all, congratulations, you know, going into uh, the WWE Hall of Fame, you know, and again, all those years that, you know, you were fighting against the WWE, or maybe not, I shouldn't say fighting against the WWE, but going up against the WWE uh, in that Monday Night War with WCW, how surreal was it to, to be inducted into their Hall of Fame? Very much so. And and it was a fight. It was a battle, you know, and as business competition goes, it was as bloody as it gets. You know, it wasn't as on large of a scale as the Coke and Pepsi wars, you know, but it it definitely was uh, a a messy, a messy period of time and a fun period. But to, you know, come full circle and be standing, you know, they're on the stage of the WWE Hall of Fame. And I said it in my speech, man. I, I kind of feel like I have some imposter syndrome going on because going back to the very first inductee of the WWE Hall of Fame, Andre the Giant, and all the massive names. And when I say massive, I mean in the industry and in pop culture. Um, it, it felt really surreal, but it also felt complete is about the only way I can say it. And maybe it's because it really was the completion of a full circle in my career. One of the things, Eric, that that I I look at, and it was was competing against you. Like, you, you know who you, you respect who you fought before. And I remember when it was my time to shine and my time to go up against your guys at WCW, like don't think for one second that I didn't have two TVs in front of me where I was looking at our program and I was looking at your program and it was, it would, it would say, you know what you're going, Mark, you're going to go head up against this. And I'd, I'd be looking at the screen and I, all right, you got to get to the gorilla. You know, your match is next. And I kind of knew the flow of the show of both shows, and and I paid attention to that, and I wanted to outdo you guys, but I grew to the point to where I respected y'all's show as much as I did ours, and the war was between the companies; it wasn't between the talents, and you know I'm I'm sure that you felt the same way. Um, you wanted to put on the best possible performance. Uh, did you did you pay attention to the war uh, as well? I'm sure you did, you know, as as what y'all were doing is what we were doing. Not really, Mark, but you, you touched on a couple things there and I'll follow up on, on how I paid attention to the competition. But for me and, you know, respecting your opponent is like the key to life. If you want to if you want to outperform somebody. You have, I think one has to look at what your competition is doing and find every conceivable way that you can to, to do it differently and, and therefore do it better. Um, you have to study your opponent, no matter what, whether it's in sports, obviously, um, or, or in business, you, you have to do that. Now, in, in terms of how much I watched the WWE, I really didn't, to, to be honest. I, 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 I studied it hard. Before I launched Nitro, I looked at all of the strengths of WWE, and then I focused on what I could do differently. And once I determined what it was I had to do, it really didn't matter much to me what the competition was doing or how they were reacting or not reacting to what I was doing. I was on a mission. I was very focused. And a lot of that focus had to do with studying the competition and and looking at the opportunities that I could create. But once I pulled the trigger, it was, you know, no holds barred, so to speak. What are you, what are you going to go down in history for? What do, what do you want people to remember you the most about from WCW and your time with WWE? Uh, well, there's two, two, two different things really, because there were two different people, you know, out in front of the crowd at that point. You know, in WCW, I guess if I'd like to be remembered for anything, it would be 
being innovative and taking some risks because I had a lot of people internally in my own company that I had respect for, you know, telling me that the things that I was about to do, such as giving away finishes two minutes before the competition show start, you know, bringing Lex Luger in on our premiere episode when everybody, including people in the WWE, whose job it was to keep track of the talent, didn't even know he was going to be available and surprising the audience. I got a lot of, I got a lot of pushback from my own staff on some of those items. But like I said, once I made up my mind in terms of what I needed to do, um, it really didn't matter <laughs> because I was determined to do what I felt I had to do. But I, I like to be remembered as an innovator and a risk taker, probably more of a risk taker than an innovator. Um, and, and in WWE, I'd like people to realize, I guess, that I went about my business the same way that I hoped when I was an executive in WCW, that the talent working for me would have conducted themselves. I did what I was asked to do to the absolute best of my ability. And I didn't question it much. If I had an idea, I'd throw it out. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I did on occasions and several big occasions have some input that, you know, changed what we ended up doing, but it was in a very constructive manner. It wasn't, well, why are you doing this to me? Well, I don't really feel that. I, I got my script. And all I thought about was, all right, how can I pull this off to the best of my ability? And I'd like to just be recognized in WWE as someone who did the job. Did, did you ever get any blowback or fallout from the talent, the other wrestlers about uh, what y'all did with Goldberg? Not really. Uh, because everybody had, you know, everybody had different opinions, as you know, Mark. And the locker yeah. room is a cornucopia of conflict when it comes Ooh, to creating. Nice that should word. be a teacher. Cornucopia. I like that word. Conflict. <laughs> but, you know, everybody had a different opinion, including Bill, obviously. And it's not that there, were, there was more than one right way to handle Bill Goldberg from the beginning to the end. You know, and it's important that you listen to all of them. But at the end of the day, somebody's got to make a decision and good or bad, right or wrong, that that fall that fell on me. And I listened to a lot of it. You know, some people felt stronger than others. But for the most part, everybody knew that this was a really rare opportunity. And, you know, it was working and everybody was just trying hard to express their opinion in the way that they thought would work best. You know, Eric, how much freedom did you have with WCW? Like, I'll just say in terms of like, you know, bust it open. It doesn't matter how successful you get. There's going to be executives that kind of want to put their fingerprints on something that you created. Did you have a lot of freedom or was there a pullback from Turner? From the time I became president of the company and had pretty much complete control over the division till about the middle towards the end of 1998, I had the best time of my life because I had no influence and I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this to point out it was a different time. Even in the corporate world, world, it was a very different time. And, and Turner, as a company, was a very different organization. Ted Turner was an entrepreneur at his core. He was more of an entrepreneur than he was anything else. That was his strongest characteristic and his most successful characteristic. Uh, and the people around him were entrepreneurs and the, the entire company was based on that entrepreneurial spirit. And part of that spirit was it's okay to fail as long as you try and don't fail at the same thing over and over and over again. So yeah. I was living, I was working in an amazing environment, but there's a tremendous amount of freedom that gave me the opportunity to just, I said it in my speech and not many people picked up on it, but when I talked about it in my hall of fame speech and I talked about that, you know, once my ride was over in AWA and it was time to jump on my car and go to the, to, to Atlanta, is how I refer to it. You know, that was a magic time for me because I was able to explore the what ifs. What if we do this? What if we do that? I know it's never been done before, but what if we do it anyway? Man, to be in that environment and to be able to have that freedom creatively, I can't describe it and it no longer exists. And it's unfortunate because that's where the best magic, that's where the magic comes from. You, what, what was the best magic you created? Like you, we talk about, you just said that sometimes you don't see the magic anymore. Like something that you did that it stuck in the business and still today, 
uh, the the you can see your fingerprints on it. Well, all you need to do is tune into Monday night or Friday night or Wednesday night and watch your respective, you know, favorite wrestling programs. You know, they're all live, right? That never happened before. Who did that first? I wonder where did that idea come from? As recently as this past week, you know, I saw it in social media where AEW strategically, and, and I might, you know, I want to give him props for this, waited to introduce Chris Jericho and his interests once WWE went into a commercial break. I used to do that throughout the entire episode. We would constantly adjust our format on the fly and retime our show on the fly so that we would be in action when our competition was in commercial because we knew people were flipping back and forth and we wanted to catch their attention and hold them so they didn't go back after the break. That was a strategy that we created for Nitro. Controlling the crossover. I'm sorry? Controlling the crossover. Controlling the crossover. Having a crossover was something that never existed before. Nobody knew what a crossover was until the cruiserweight division came along and we strategically placed cruiserweight action because of the fast-paced, high-flying, super air, you know, uh, athletic presentation it provided, which was different than a lot of the rest of the wrestling that you would see with guys that are two, three, four, or 250, 350, 400 pounds. That's a slower-paced match. It's still a great match, but it's different. So we put something very unique at that crossover at nine o'clock because we were hoping that people would just go, whoa, what's that? That's pretty cool. I'm going to stay here and check this out. That's awesome. Also, it's pretty cool, Eric. I always say this on the air. If you go to a New York Giants game, you still see 56 jerseys everywhere. You know, people, even though Lawrence Taylor hasn't played a down in 32 years, you know, people still wear his jersey doesn't matter where in the world you go to a pro wrestling show. You're going to see an NWO shirt. Like, it's got to be kind of cool to know that you created something that years and decades and decades afterwards is going to be remembered. It really is. And I think that's one of the things that I'm, you know, personally most proud of because it's hard to accomplish something like that. You know, and so much of it had to do with timing. It wasn't like this amazing creativity uh, or anything. I, I, I like to convince myself sometimes that's what it was, but it really wasn't. So much of it was timing. And the timing was right to kind of break, as they say in the business world, to break the paradigm, to just shatter the box that we've all been living in and live in a different box. That was one of the things I felt I really had to do to compete with WWE. And once we did that, it was a lot easier to come up with something that was very unique and, and outside of that traditional box. And the NWO was that thing. It, it, it was the first time that we saw a faction kind of galvanized with a kind of anarchy theme behind it and take over the company theme behind it. It had a plausible story, you know, backstory that kind of helped bring it to life and make it relatable for people who hated their boss or, you know, hated their principal or whatever it is. You know, we created that relatable kind of faction to, to, to help entertain people. Um, and it worked. But yeah, the, the first time I saw that, Dave, I was in Japan several, well, it was a long time ago now, um, probably 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when the NWO was first starting to get hot in the U.S. I was walking around in Tokyo in uh, Kabuksho, and I'm sure Mark probably knows where Kabuksho is, just yeah. not far from uh, Tokyo, uh, the Tokyo Plaza. And my buddy and I were walking around, and we saw this Japanese young man, Japanese young man wearing an NWO shirt. I thought, what the hell? <laughs> and this was before we even introduced NWO to New Japan Pro Wrestling. It was just so cool, and it still is. I still get a kick out when I watch wrestling. I'm always scanning the audience to see who's got an NWO shirt That's on. That's so cool. I, I love hearing that. And, you know, and, and Eric, you're somebody that I'm sure there's been times in your life where you're like, all right, I'm out. I'm done. I've accomplished everything I need to. I'm, I'm out. And then, you know, it's like Godfather 3. They find a way to pull you back in. D- does it feel that way to you? Like, as soon as you think you're out, you're finding your way back in again? It does. And my wife and I joke about it all the time and nobody else is doing it to me. I'm doing it to myself. Okay. Uh, nobody else is pulling me in. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I find my, myself kind of circling back to, You're you know, professional sports entertainment in one way, shape or form. And I am to this day, not in a traditional wrestling capacity, like, you know, people would assume, but you know, the product, the audience, 
I, I, the art form, I believe that, that professional wrestling is truly uh, a uniquely American art form. And the storytelling aspect of it, the character aspect of it is something that I'll never um, not be drawn to. I'll just be drawn to it in different ways. Can I thank you for something that you, you gave me in pro wrestling? Please do. <laughs> I have to thank you for putting James Brown with Ernest Miller and me getting to see the cat dance with James Brown. Uh, like that was, <laughs> that was one of the best things that I ever saw in wrestling because I was such a big fan of James Brown and I didn't know Ernest Miller at the time. Um, and I, I have since then befriended Ernest Miller is like a brother to me. And I brought that up to him that, you know, I didn't know you, but I, I saw how he looked at James Brown when James Brown was doing something. And it reminded a, 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 of a kid looking at his dad do something real cool. And when I told him that he started crying. I'll, I'll like, tell you what, wow. Mark, and, and thank you for bringing that up. And, and thank you for mentioning Ernest Miller. I've known Ernest Miller. I knew Ernest Miller long before he got in. In fact, I talked Ernest Miller into getting into professional wrestling. He originally was kind of, ah, man, I don't really, I don't think so. You know, and I, I, I really had to convince him to, to step into the arena, so to speak. And once he did, he fell in love. Ernest, had he been around five years earlier, um, timing would have worked better for him. I think he's one of the greatest characters that came in under my watch. He may not have been the most successful. He may not be the one that people remember the most, but in terms of natural charisma and, and physical ability, I mean, he's a badass, legit badass, but he could take that, that skill that he had and really control it in a way that, and make it work like nobody else, especially for a big guy. I review yeah. shows all the time now for my podcast and we go back, I watch Ernest Miller and he, you know, he's doing jump spin hook kicks and he was a 250 pound guy. He, he wasn't a middleweight. I mean, he was a big dude, powerful dude, but he could do things physically that typically only guys that were in the 180 pound category could do. And he did it well without hurting anybody. He's such a great talent. You know what his greatest gift is, is, uh, is his belief in himself. Uh, if you ever watched this movie called The Matrix, they always said, once you believe, he said, you mean I can dodge bullets? He said, no. When you believe, you won't have to. That, that's earnest. He's in a place of complete confidence so he can never fail in his mind. So he does everything very freely and naturally. Um, I, I've, I've met of only a few people like him in my life. He's he's you know another thing about Ernest. No, just I'm, I'm a, I just I love the guy, so I gotta I gotta plug him a little bit. He's in the middle of working on a project, a reality project that deals with kids in the inner city in Atlanta. Uh, I think it's called the working title is karate kids. And I'm probably not supposed to say what I'm saying, but they can't fire me. So I don't care. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I know it's going to be successful because the other thing that makes Ernest so unique is his heart. It is his confidence, Mark. You're absolutely right. And I think that that was a lot of the martial arts in, in Ernest that, that has really become who he is. But the things that he does for kids without any fanfare, nobody's plugging it on social media. Nobody's trying to use it. I will for him, but he does a ton for kids. His heart is real and it's big. Yeah. Uh, that's why I love him, man. He's just a special human being just like you are, Eric. I mean, you, you, it takes one to know one. And a lot of people don't realize that sometimes you made some hard decisions and it was it was based on business. It wasn't personal. And, you know, like um, uh, I've heard some stories and I know the people that told me those stories like Ernest uh, to be true. He's not a liar. And um, like he he never said nothing bad about you. He said, man, the dude's a businessman. He's going to do the same thing with Vince. You know, Vince is competitive and everything, but um I could for every story that people say about him 
making a business decision that didn't go their way. I can tell you 10 stories of stuff that he's done that nobody's ever talked about and, and, and it, how it affected the person's family or it affected the person's career. Um, man, him, him, him making me angry and saying, here, let me show you what you look like mad is what made my, the end of my career. I didn't want to be known as the big, angry black dude. I didn't want to do that. But he was like, Mark, it's so entertaining. <laughs> we love to see you angry. And I want to smile. I want to have a good time. I'm a playful guy. But that shit didn't make me money except for when I was sexual chocolate. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that. And, and like you, you know, I know of a couple of particular stories of people that, you know, were close to me, you know, where Vince did something that nobody knows about. I'm not going to mention it here. Like you, I have a certain amount of respect for the man's privacy. And if he doesn't want anybody to know it, then it's not up to me to disclose it. But I know of several things that Vince McMahon has done that if people knew about it would go, well, but that doesn't seem like Vince McMahon because you don't right. know the person. You only know the persona. And I will have to admit, because I'm an honest guy, Mark, and I endeavor to be even more honest as I get older, because I think it's important. Um, I did make one decision that I could certainly identify as purely personal, and I'm glad I made it. But, you know, firing the honky tonk man was something that I really enjoyed. And that was per- <laughs> that was all personal. <laughs> but, but, you know, and, and I think I shared this with Mark. And, you know, and Eric, and I know you were just saying, like, a thank you. And, and and a lot of times when somebody's praising you as much as Mark was, you know, it takes you aback a little bit. And he mentioned about a Vince McMahon where there's this perception of Vince McMahon because he doesn't let people know all the good that he does. Uh, and, and, Mark, I think I told you, I, you know, I was friendly with Gene Upshaw, who was, you know, yeah. uh, the head of the NFLPA. And, you know, when he passed away, there were so many people that were saying so many bad things about him and they really never realized the good things, how much good he did to re- for retired players, how he gave money out of his own pocket and his own bank account to help, you know, former players that were struggling. And whenever I hear somebody say a bad word about him, they don't know about the good because he was so, you know, he wanted to keep that to himself, but I, it's almost a crime and a shame that People aren't praising him because of the good things. And I think it's important that people know the positives that somebody like you does and somebody like Vince McMahon does. Because I yeah, think but it's he's important gonna have to, to the allow that. He's going to have to allow that. And, and same with Eric. You know, if Eric said, hey, well, I, I, I have this foundation or this company that I work with, and he said that, then, yeah, let's let's jump on it. But, like, I understand the the – Hey, look at me, world. There, there's people out there that they do stuff just for the point of they want somebody to look at them. Hey, look at yeah. the good that I did. Look at this over here, so you don't see this over here. Look at this, like, and 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 Eric is not that guy. I've I've, I've sat and talked to Eric, and I didn't know him when I when I sat and talked to him those few times. And every time I came away from it, going, damn. What a humanizing guy. And that, I'm saying that, that Eric that, that because means a lot to me, Mark, right there. That, that, that's, that, that's, that's the that honest that's my honest feeling of when I had those sit down conversations with you, is that it was humanizing because you only see the businessman on TV. You only see the 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 character portrayal uh on television, on interviews and stuff like that. I wish that the world could sit down with you like I did and talk to wow. you. And we, we hardly ever talked about wrestling. <laughs> did, did we? We, we hardly no. ever talked about wrestling. We talked about no, we had, the world. We, we certainly had wrestling in common, and that's why we were brought together. And that's one of the greatest things. That, right now in my life, uh, uh, before I get distracted, that – those opportunities, what I said in my Hall of Fame speech, it's not the big moments, you know, and even though I, I'll just, I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have those big moments, you know, wrestling Stone Cold Steve Austin in Montreal. I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than that, right? Of course, I'm grateful for that. But it's the conversations, the moments, like Mark was just describing, that absolutely mean the most to me. Those, and I didn't think I would be this way. I didn't think I would react this way. But as I can, 
now comfortably in a very happy way, look back at my career and ask myself, okay, what, what's the best thing that came out of that? And it's the small moments, the, the, the seemingly insignificant moments, like the ones that Mark and I have shared that mean the most to me. Cause that's when you really connect with people on a personal level, not a professional level, but on a personal level. That's just, I love hearing it. Mark, you just made my day, brother. Oh, right. Awesome. I did awesome. something good. Hey, you always do, Mark. <laughs> yes. And Eric, we're sure it's, I, we've had to have you on during the, the course of Busted Open like a dozen times. And every time I write in my notes, I want to ask Eric about the AWA. And then I find myself now at the end of the interview not being able to ask him about the AWA because uh, before we let you go, I, I do want to say this. 83 weeks, your podcast is is unbelievable. And Obviously, I'm not the only person saying that because it's one of the highest rated podcasts that are out there. You and Conrad Thompson have such great chemistry together. I think you both do such a phenomenal job. I think Conrad Thompson is a underrated host and he's, I think, a great interviewer. And and Eric, you're so honest in, in on that show. And I, I can't give enough praise to what you're able to do with 83 Weeks. Thank you so much for that, man. I have so much fun doing that show. And I think that's the reason that it's as successful as it is. And one of the reasons I have fun doing the show is because of Conrad. So it took us a while. It didn't start out that good. It started out a little, a little sketchy for the first couple of months because we didn't, that chemistry hadn't evolved yet, but now that it has, and it, I mean, this is what I say, and I'm not hyped on the show. That truly is the most fun thing that I do every week is recording that show. And I think that's why it's working because it's fun. Just like your show, people want to tune in. Yes. The information is great. And yes, you want to hear opinions from people that know what they're talking about, pay attention, but it's the energy and the chemistry that makes your show so successful. And hopefully ours as well. Well, I would have come on your show, but I don't like Conrad. Oh, stop <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's I beat beef. him in a chair dancing contest, and he, he denied it. He denied yeah. it. I'm, I'm, my, heart, my heart is But, Mark, you still. have the title, Mark. All that but matters I is that you have the title. have the uh, title. <laughs> Eric, thank you so much for the time. Seriously, uh, I love having you on. Thank you so much for always uh, being so kind and a friend to this show. And congratulations on going into the Hall of Fame. Congratulations, and Enjoy WrestleMania brother. weekend. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Sirius XM Podcasts. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.